Luke's Gospel, the 12th chapter, beginning to read at the 13th verse. <laughs> One of the multitudes said to Jesus, Teacher, bid my brother divide the inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of all covetousness, for a man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Amen. that Jesus talks about in this parable, he, he would have made a very tremendous Presbyterian. Yes, I, I think as a Presbyterian pastor, if I saw this kind of a man living in our community, I, I would go after him to try to win him for our Presbyterian church. He was a man who had prestige. Those people are hard to find. He was a man who had plenty. He was very prosperous. He had the ability to know how to make a profit. A lot of people can't do that. He was a planner. He was a problem solver. He made a good Presbyterian. But Jesus called him a fool. Jesus called this man, whom many people admired, a fool. Now, what would ever cause God to call such an outstanding person such a ridiculous name? Was it because he knew how to make a profit? I don't think so. Because, you see, Jesus is not against people who know how to make a profit. If he was, he, he wouldn't have told that parable, you know, about the talents. And how does he end it up? He who has even more will be given unto him, but he who has not even that which he does have will be taken away from him. Jesus is not against the prophet system which we enjoy in this country. God did not call this individual a fool because he had plenty and was prosperous. 
God is not against prosperous people. After all, he's the one who's given us everything, and it is from him all blessings do flow. He gives us these things because he wants us to have them, so what kind of a God would he be if he were upset? Because we do have them. No, no. God is not against prosperity, nor is he against people who plan and who are able to solve problems. That's one of the reasons God gave us minds, you know, so that we can use them to help him solve the problems of the world. God called this man a fool for one reason and one reason alone, because he forgot things that he should have remembered. And that's God's definition of a fool. God's definition of a fool is an individual who forgets what he should remember. What did this prosperous, planning, pros plentiful, individual forget. He forgot his neighbors, first of all. He forgot his neighbors. And you know, that's rather surprising, because I think if you would have asked this individual had he lived and was just not the main person in a story which Jesus told, I think he would have been very shocked, very, very shocked, if God had pointed up to him that he had forgotten his neighbors, because I don't think he really thought he did. Like many of us, we really think we're taking care of our neighbors. You know, we send them Christmas cards. We say hello to them at worship. Like this man, I'm sure he prayed and we pray for our neighbors too, don't we? And I'm sure if one of his neighbors had come up to him and said, Look, Mr. Plenty, prosperous. We have a need in our house, and we need your help. I am sure this man would have been more than happy to generously give from his prosperity. But the fact remains that in his prosperity, he forgot about his neighbors. He didn't naturally, automatically think about those who were in need. He was thinking about barns, not empty bread baskets. He was wondering what he could do with this instead of how he could give it away. He was interested in barns, not in benevolence. And though we need to be people who are constantly reminded from the pulpit and through church interpretation and literature of the needs of the world, you know, it's going to be a sad, sad day when we give only because somebody asks. And we're going to be foolish people when in the midst of our prosperity we automatically forget people who are in need. It can easily happen, you know. We can be counting our blessings that we can forget those who have not the blessings. We can be thinking so much about how we're going to build that we forget those who have been torn down. We can be thinking of building our new barns when we forget those who have nothing to eat. Yes, it can happen so easily, this foolish thing. I'll never forget that 13, 14 years ago when, when we were really suffering here on this hill, 
some of you remember you were around then and you sat in those decision rooms when some mighty powerful decisions were made. We hope under the leadership of God's Spirit just completed this beautiful sanctuary and just, just bought that from the Methodist Church, that building which is at the northern part of our, our parking lot. And today we call our annex and houses our fifth and sixth grade church school class and the Boy Scouts and, and, and uh, some of the other programs that we carry on here. We just purchased this new order. We uh, were a little bit in debt. And some of you who gathered the spirit of prayer, we were trying to figure out how could we do it. Our operating expenses had doubled, but our giving had not. And we were in a little bit of trouble. And we even tempted, oh, it, it frightens me now to think about it, but we even tempted with playing with the idea that we would cut out our benevolence for a while. And it sounded like pretty good business. After all, if we could get rid of the mortgage and keep that money from those ugly banks going for that high interest, you know. Boy, if we could take that money which we were giving to missions and keep it here, we could get out of debt much quicker and then we could really open up our hearts to the mission field and give benevolently. <laughs> we almost fell into that trap. But thank goodness for the devotion of some of you people. And for passages of scripture like this, we didn't make that foolish mistake. And though some days the treasury was pretty small in this wonderful temple, dollars were going out for mortgage and interest payments, so were dollars going out for benevolence. We didn't cut back. Though in those days we were only giving eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand dollars away, we still did it. And we didn't cut back. And praise God. As if we had, ladies and gentlemen, no matter how much we had fooled ourselves, an hour ago in this place you wouldn't have approved spending sixty-one thousand dollars. That's what we're going to give away next year, Lord willing. Sixty-one thousand dollars people, we hope. If something happens to a church, whether it's on a denominational level, or a synod, a presbytery level, or a local level, just like something happens to people, when in the midst of prosperity they forget their neighbors and foolishly set about building new barns instead of filling empty lives. God says it's a fool who forgets his neighbors. It's a fool who forgets time. Time, that's, that's what happened to this poor prosperous Presbyterian. He forgot all about time. He acted as though he had all the time in the world. Eat, drink, and be married. We have, we have much to take care of us for years and years to come. He said that not knowing that within 24 hours he was a candidate for the funeral parlor. Yes. He forgot, you see, about time. Only the fool forgets that someday he's going to die. Twice in the last four days, I've been summoned to experiences where somebody had died 
people hadn't expected it. We're going to die, ladies and gentlemen. Thank God no one of us knows when, because if we did, we couldn't stand it. But someday, each one of us is going to die. And any person that thinks not is a fool. Tomorrow. That's the most dangerous word in the whole English language, tomorrow. Yet how many of us live in our possessions and in our prosperity thinking that tomorrow will be the day that we will give? This man thought, and tomorrow came, and so were the building contractors, so was the grain, so was the much goods, so were the plans for the newborn, but the builder or the one that had made arrangements, he wasn't there. That's the way it's going to happen. I think, you know, the most pathetic individual I know in life is that individual who works hard, who really has a bundle, who's very appreciative for what he has, and he keeps looking for that day when he can begin to spend and to give what he has. And then he dies. And he's robbed of the joy which God intended him to have to share the gifts which have been given to him to manage. And instead of him getting the benefit out of really giving and feeling apart, that reward is left to some executor of the will or some bank to do in the person's name. And the great joy that can come from realizing that today is the day the Lord hath made and this is the day that we're to share our prosperity and to find the happiness, the comfort, and the power that comes from that idea. It's totally wasted. Totally wasted on a fool who thought that he had forever and it was called home that night. The fool is an individual in God's definition who forgets, who forgets the real cause for happiness, the real cause for happiness. It's the fool who thinks that the way he's going to be happy is by getting instead of giving, by building bigger barns, by eating, drinking, and being merry. When the whole rule of life is set forth by God's Son, Jesus Christ, is that happiness depends not so much on what you get, but on what you give. Whosoever giveth his life, giveth his life, which includes his pocketbook, for me in the kingdom, he'll find life. Whoever tries to keep his life, he's going to lose it. And how true that is. Look at this poor man. He didn't own his possessions. His possessions owned him. He had to spend all his time worrying about plans for new barns, about counting the money, about taking care of, of that wonderful crop. You see, you only really have in life what you give away. You only have in life what you give away when you try to keep it and store it, save it. It's not yours. It's controlling you. And you spend all of your time worrying about it. That's the fool. The 
person who finds out the meaning of love realizes that really the only things he has in life are those things that he can give away. You see, this poor fool, he was one who was spending all of his time with things that he couldn't take with him instead of spending time with those things that he could take with him. As the old Spanish proverb goes, you know, there's no pockets in a shroud. How did Bruce Steelman put it? He never yet has seen a, a Brinks armored car in a funeral procession. Uh-uh. Those kind of things, grains, bars, bank accounts, you can't take them with you. No, you can only take ideas, thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And that's what we're supposed to be building up here on earth. The idea that we have done well in sharing those things that God has given us in our prosperity. The knowledge that we've helped to build the kingdom of God. The fact that our life in our giving has made a difference here on earth. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you and I get to heaven and we're before our maker, we're going to be asked some questions. And contrary to what some people think, we're not going to be asked how much we made, how big is our bank account, how many barns we own. No, no. God already knows that because he's given them to us. He's going to ask us, what did we do with our prosperity? That's what he's going to want to know. And only the fool refuses to accept that truth. A fool says in his heart, you see, there is no God. A fool is likewise someone who forgets in his mind God. And that's exactly what this individual did. He never took God into his idea, into his plan, or into his consideration. You don't find him praying, asking for wisdom. You don't in any way see, Lord, what would thou have me to do? All you read about is my barns, my goods, my, my grain, and my crops. Never took God into consideration. Never once asked whether or not, Lord, this, is this what you want me to do with the gifts that you've given me? Now, he forgot about God. And the man who forgets about God, the God who is the ruler of all times, the God who loves the neighbor, the God who wants us to be happy, when you forget that God, You've made a fool of yourself. And ladies and gentlemen, God did not put us here on this earth to make fools out of us. He put us here because he loves us and because he wants us to be his friends. Jesus said, all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known unto you. You are my friends, he says. This is what we are supposed to be, and God has equipped us, thank the Lord, with everything that is necessary to be a friend of God. He tells us that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, which means feed them. Feed them from your prosperity. He tells us that now is the accepted time. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Work for the night is coming. 
He tells us that whosoever tries to save his life is going to lose it. And whoever is willing to lose his life for the sake of the gospel, he's going to find it with all of its happiness and all of its dimension for joy. And God not only told us that, he showed it to us by allowing his own son to die. The son who said, there is no greater thing than a man lay down his life for his friends. God has given us this book. God has given us the minds to comprehend what's in this book. God has given us the love that is necessary to move mountains. And God's given us these things, not so that we become foolish, but that we become the friends of God. That's it. Didn't go too bad. You know, I, I pray every morning before I leave home that the sermon which I always feel God helps me to prepare will go well. Some days it doesn't. Didn't go half bad today. I only hope two weeks from today when I have to submit my pledge card for what I'm going to give of the prosperity that God has allowed me to enjoy into the offering basket here in this church. I hope that I'm wise enough and not foolish and forget the things I've said today. Hope you remember too. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.